Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blimson. Independent investors have raised questions about the future of Volkswagen's chief executive, Herbert Diess, after he evoked a Nazi phrase in a management meeting last week. John Murray Brown discusses the controversy with Patrick McGee. Patrick, what exactly did Mr. Diess say? It was a private meeting to VW's top managers, and he was explaining that the 12 brands within Volkswagen, that includes Porsche, Audi, Skoda, Seat, they're managed differently. And he was saying that Porsche, because it has 17% margins, doesn't really have top management breathing down their neck about how to get things done. And he was basically saying, if you're at a different brand and you want to have that same kind of freedom, profits will set you free. And so he said, Ebit macht frei, which is eerily similar to Arbeit macht frei, which was emblazoned at the Auschwitz concentration camps. So VW has unfortunate links with the Third Reich, as we know. Is it possible that the head of a company that was founded at the behest of Adolf Hitler and relied on concentration camp labour during its early days could be unaware of the offence his remarks might have caused? I do think it's possible. The question is whether that means anything. Maybe that falls towards negligence or being oblivious. But, you know, you're supposed to be super aware of these comments and of the history. And actually, he's made a point of saying that he's aware of the history. He visited Auschwitz last year. He visited Yad Vashem in Jerusalem last year. It was actually one of his first acts as CEO. So he is conscious of this. And this is just a major blunder. But I have spoken to people who are in the room, and more than half of them have told me they didn't make the connection either, in part because what he was saying was really such a sort of benign comment that, you know, profits will sort of help you. Nobody was thinking in terms of historical connections to Volkswagen's darkest days. Then again, I have spoken to people who say as soon as he said it, I recognized it as an historical blunder. And it's worth knowing that Mr. D said the comments two and even five times, according to some people. So I think he was rather oblivious to it. I don't think he was punning on it, but it's hard to say and I can't get inside his mind. So how did Mr. Deese explain it himself? Mr. Deese has a pretty active LinkedIn page where he puts up selfies with Sadra Nadella from Microsoft and that sort of thing. That's actually where he chose to write his apology. He basically said, I apologize unreservedly. In no way was I trying to make this connection. And it's worth knowing that that came immediately. There was no hesitation on his part or anything. And that was welcomed by multiple parties. And what's been the reaction of shareholders and investors? So when we talk about investors with Volkswagen, it's worth knowing we're almost exclusively talking about minority shareholders because three groups hold 90% of the shares. Of the 10% that's held by, you know, you and I, mom and pop investors, institutions, I've spoken to several who were outraged and offended. And some of them, as we've written in the FT, have called for him to go. They think that this represents a really big misjudgment and calls into question some of his other decision making. But... He's also made a lot of enemies within Volkswagen by trying to lift margins, by going after the cost structure, wanting to lay people off, wanting to shift Volkswagen into a new direction focused on electrification, which will reduce the workforce over the next 10 years. And I think there's a lot of people who weren't necessarily offended by the statement, but they see this as an opportunity to either hurt Dees or to get rid of him because they're already against him. When did Mr. Deese join VW and how do you think his performance is rated currently by shareholders? He was a BMW board member for a while. He joined Volkswagen in July 2015. Now, that's just three months before the diesel scandal was exposed. It's pretty unfortunate timing because it's not late enough to be 
fully clean from the diesel scandal. So he's actually been under investigation since 2016 by German prosecutors because there's a big, big shareholder case that still hasn't gone to court or is just in the early stages of going to court now where shareholders are seeking damages of 9 billion euros because they believe the board told them too late about the diesel scandal and that they needed to be informed earlier. So Dies was the head of the VW brand, not the head of the VW group at the time, but he's implicated in that and it remains to be seen whether that would be troublesome for him later on. He was only promoted to the Volkswagen Group chief executive 11 months ago. So do you think he'll survive this latest scandal? And given the company's ownership structure, as you explain it, who would have the power to remove him? There's basically two forces that could have the power. So one is the Porsche Piek family that owns 53% of the entire company. So far from multiple sources, I know that they still back him entirely. And he has such a big job to do right now. And they've been very pleased with him. I would be pretty surprised if they turned on him over this comment. The other, however, is a little more contentious. So Volkswagen supervisory board, who really has all the power, has 20 seats. 10 of them, by German law, go to the labor union. And then two of them come from Lower Saxony, the state where they have their headquarters. So that gives a majority, right, 12 out of 20, to basically the workers, because Lower Saxony sides with the workers because of the way politics works. So if they really turn against him, then that's how you could see Mr. Deese being ousted. So finally, Patrick, VW has a history of unforced errors. And given this latest blunder, do you think Mr. Deese is really the man to turn around Volkswagen's fortunes? I think until this blunder, it would be a really simple answer. And you would say, yes, shareholders have generally been big cheerleaders of Mr. Deese, in large part because he's known to be a very tough negotiator with the unions. He wants to cut costs here, there and everywhere. And Volkswagen, under his leadership, is making a sort of full throttle turn towards electrification on a level that you're just not seeing with the groups that rival them in terms of cars sold. So that would be Renault, Nissan. Toyota or General Motors. So if electrification really is the future of automotive, Volkswagen has a big leg up over everyone else. Nobody else is really willing to take that sort of risk. But the other question, of course, is corporate governance and cultural reform. And with this kind of comment, I suppose that gets put into question. But there are a lot of people who think that this whole episode was sort of silly. It was obviously an unfortunate error and it doesn't have wider implications. So it really depends where you fall into that question. And I think one interesting parallel is that when the Volkswagen scandal was exposed, Martin Winterkorn, the CEO, stepped down within a week and the head of Porsche, Matthias Mueller, took over. Within a few months, he went to the Detroit Auto Show and was asked about the scandal by NPR. And he said very clearly, we didn't lie. And I would think that was actually a bigger gaffe than actually what Dies just said, because it was just months after the diesel scandal. It was a really sensitive time. And it was already clear at that point that Volkswagen had engaged in a cover-up for a year after more than 10 years of cheating. So to say we didn't lie was just such a big thing. So I do think Dies has a strong credibility with investors, even with this gaffe. And in general, he does have the credibility to take this company in a new direction. He's really got the Porsche Piek families on board. And, you know, they're often seen as the problem for Volkswagen being too bureaucratic and not looking after shareholders. So, so long as Dies survives the next week, I think he'll be there for quite a bit more time, at least a year or two. That was John Murray Brown talking to Patrick McGee, FT Frankfurt correspondent. Thanks for listening. 
Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com offer.